Resilient Minds 365, where we discuss the resilient stories of entrepreneurs, professionals, and students with mental illnesses to encourage you to strive, thrive, and live in abundance. I'm your host, Cleone Crawford. So friends, today we have a special guest. Um, you guys are going to really enjoy her story. Her name is Stacey Ann Buchanan. She is a mental health advocate, a filmmaker, a TEDx speaker, an actress. Um, she is a, uh, she's a mental health advocate who is working towards dismantling the stigma on how mental health is perceived within the Black community by raising awareness, driving positive dialogue, dialogues to fuel resources that are used to orchestrate safe spaces for Black voices to be amplified by taking back our narratives. She's also the host, the co-host of a brand new podcast called The Blind Stigma, and you'll definitely learn a little bit more about Stacey Ann. Um, with that said, welcome Stacey Ann. Thank you, thank you for having me. No problem, no problem. So I'm hoping I got your introduction right. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's, the, that's the, the debrief, but you know, it's to the point. So that's the most important thing. Definitely, definitely. So tell me, um, Tell me a bit more about your profession. Um, we know you're a mental health advocate and you um, are helping to dismantle the, um, the stigma, I guess, within the change of stigma in the black community. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and some of the other things you, and also you mentioned that you're a filmmaker. So I just want to kind of go into your career first before we go into your story. Okay, um, it's a little bit different because for me, my, my story is the epitome of my career. Mm, so okay. um, everything that I've done is, is life has pivoted for me. Mm -hmm. So it's pivoted me to this moment. So then I took the opportunity and I, and I, and I, and I went with the um, whatever lemons life threw at me. I went with it and made it into lemonade. So it's hard to kind of separate my, my life journey from my career because they both tie into each other. I don't know if you kind of understand. Yeah, yeah, I can definitely understand. Yeah, so it's like, for, for instance, I'll start off by saying I wanted to be an actress. I just wanted to be a super famous actress like Halle Berry. We share the same birthday. So I'm like, okay, we got to share the same success. That was my life goal. I went to Vancouver to pursue this career. Um, when I was there, I started feeling the symptoms and getting the symptoms of anxiety. And I didn't know what it was, but it was something that just white girls got because I've never heard a black person ever sharing any form of mental illness that you're going through it's either you're sane or you're gone mad that's exactly how i knew mental illness how it's operated i never knew there was no in between or different forms of mental illness so right. the reason why i say this is something that i thought white girls got i was only i was usually the only black girl in my class when i did acting when i did theater and film throughout mm -hmm. colleges so i would hear my friends talk about having a breakdown or having anxiety. So those were their languages. Those were their, that those, those were their lingos that I associated with something only white girls would, would be able to have. Cause I never heard a black person talk about anxiety, talk about right. having a breakdown. Raised by a Jamaican father, Rastafarian man. I don't care 
talk about that kind of language at my home. You know, you drink tea, you pray, and everything is good. We're exactly. So <laughs> back to what I'm saying. So being being this um wanted to be an actress, flew to Vancouver, lived out there, okay, saying this is what I wanted to do, started experiencing the symptoms of anxiety. And then I'm like, okay, I, I didn't know what was happening. Thankfully, my roommate was a nurse for studying to be a nurse. So she told me these were anxiety and that I needed to go to the hospital to check it out. Checked it out. I was diagnosed with anxiety, really severe anxiety. Um, it was so bad. I was hooked on monitors, uh, treadmill. I was going home with a heart monitor. They just didn't understand why my heart was racing so fast. I had to come back home to Toronto and the fear of coming back home to Toronto, the embarrassment of coming back home to Toronto, Toronto without making it as a big superstar like I thought I would, spiraled my anxiety now into a pool of deep, dark, suicidal depression. My God. So I struggled with depression and my depression came in two stages. So there's a stage that is typically known, um, the stay at home, close the blinds, don't eat for days or eat yourself silly. Don't brush your teeth for days. Don't shower for days. Don't talk to anyone. You're just in a really deep, depressive mode. That's the one that is talked about and highlighted a lot. But what a lot of people don't know is that um, depression can also come in the form of partying a lot, mm. going out all the time, laughing all the time, enjoying life. Because for me, I was doing all of those things and I made sure that I, my face was had makeup all the time. I had the most expensive weave you could think about. My outfit was done to the T. Everything was name brand. And I did this because I was sick on the inside and I didn't know how to address it. So I, I put on a facade of happiness. So I try to fake my happiness because I'm like, I am not well. There's nobody I can talk to about me not being well. I don't understand what is happening. So mm -hmm. maybe if I fake being happy, then maybe I'll be okay. So there's that facade. And I always tell people this. You know, you can check on your strong friends. You can check on the ones that have gone silent. You can check on the ones that maybe lost a job. You can check on the ones that are single parents. You can check on them all you want, but check on the ones that are also traveling a lot. Check on the ones that are always partying a lot because a lot of the time they are masking something, something else. really deep, dark, and, and despair, but they're masking it in this world and especially in the social media world of, 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 of showing highlights, not showing any dark moments. And I mean, nobody really wants to share dark moments, but I mean, putting on this facade of happiness, the, a lot, a lot of that can be attributed, attributed to social media because everybody wants to be validated. Everybody wants to be praised, you know, so we put on this facade of happiness and, and really mask the true underlining of what's happening. So back to, um, me coming in Toronto, dealing with that. And, you know, I was, I, I remember crying out to God. I went to Mexico to celebrate my birthday that year. And I was crying out to God and I was like, okay, God, what am I put here for? Like, I, I truly believe that I'm here for a, a definite purpose. I don't know what it is. I don't want to find out when I'm 50. I don't want to find out when I'm 60. And thank you, God, you made me this hasty. Cause they say, you know, never question God. I was raised with that, with that attitude of never questioning God. But I'm like, I just need to know because I'm spiraling out of control and I just want to know what am I put here for? And I fell asleep and woke up to, um, there was something on a TV about actors that have made it by doing their own thing. And I thought to myself, okay, this is definitely God talking to me. What can I do? So I decided to create this event, this show that um, puts artists on a platform, 
So these artists have not made a name for themselves, right? A quote unquote, what society think have made a name for themselves, but they're talented, they're passionate and they're driven and they don't have that um, opportunity to make a name for themselves because people think you need to make a name for yourself in order for me to put you on anything. But it's like, how are you gonna do that if people don't give you the opportunity? And it came from a, um, a place of being an aspiring actress and, and an aspiring creative and just wanting work so bad, you know? So I'm like, I know there are other people out there like me. So let me create this event to put these people on these platforms. So it's a, it's a show that embodies and marries all the elements of art, music, poetry, dance, fashion, and film. I called it the mystic effect. And I'm okay. like, okay, I'm gonna do this event. So uh, a few people say to me, okay, you probably need a famous person to, to build your show so that people can come to your show. I said, no, 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 no. I'm gonna listen to God on this one. I'm just gonna do a show with a bunch of quote unquote nobodies, right? And I really mm -hmm. hate that term, but I'm just gonna do a show where with these people that people don't really are familiarized with. I did mm -hmm. the show, the show, the show sold out. I remember being at the door and at the time the security guy that I hired, which was a friend of mine, we had to tell people that we cannot fit anybody else in. It was that packed. Mm -hmm. And when I went up to do my stand, there was a standing ovation. And when I went up to do my speech, I started bawling. And people, after the show, people kept on saying, and I was crying. And a lot of people don't know this. I was crying because right after that show, I was going to take my own life. I wanted to take my life but go out with a bang. And I, and I said, I have to leave some kind of minuscule mark. Whatever that mark is, I had to leave something in this world. So that show was my ticket out. But when people started coming up to me and saying, you got to do the show again, everyone that said that to me saved my life without knowing that they saved my life. So the need for the show again prompted me to then create my, um, my own production company. And I was going to launch the show again the next year and also launch my production company. That was coming out and I was getting this buzz in, 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 in Toronto and people are wondering who's this Stacey Ann Buchanan, where does she come from? Not knowing that I've been trying to be an actress for over 10 years. So I've been putting in the, the blood, sweat, tears. And a lot of people don't know this. You, people will see your shine, but they don't know the grind. They That's don't know right. how long it took for you to be here. And I was getting so angry. And I called my dad and I said, don't these people know what I've been through that I, that I almost took my own life? Like, why would they even be saying anything negative about me at this time? And my dad said to me, there are two things in life that you can never, ever control. What people think about you and what people say about you. That's you so can cool. only control your reaction. So I said, okay, I'm going to react to these people. <laughs> so my reaction was, I was going to create a book. And in the book, I was going to make it like a chicken soup for the soul book and share stories. Well, no, I was going to make it more about me and share how I went from wanting to take my own life, like do a little life story. And I said, you know what? Nah, I'm more creative than that. So I'm going to do a documentary. I took a right. year and I researched people in Toronto that were bold and brave to talk about mental illness. I wanted this documentary to talk about mental illness in the black community because mm -hmm. it's such a taboo. It's such a topic that is swept under the rug. It's the big dirty elephant that sits in the room and everybody ignores and people don't address. I don't mean to get so passionate, but it's true. It is that dust that you keep on sweeping under the rug for generations and generations to come. And that rug is just filled with so much dirt. It's this veil of shame that we continuously wear. And we all know that shame loves secrecy, right? Or that secrecy right. loves shame. They are best friends. And we keep on wearing it and we pass it on from generations to generations. And more importantly, it is the biggest silent killer in the Black community. 
And I wanted to put, uh, I wanted to address that. I wanted to touch on that topic. And, and that's what I did. I created this documentary and I called it The Blind Stigma. And I named it after my dad. I named it after my mom. I named it after your mom, your cousin, your auntie, everybody in the blind, in the black community that purposely turns a blind eye to mental illness. Yeah. From that documentary launched it, 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 it propelled my, my career um, to being a filmmaker because I produced a documentary myself and I directed it myself. I'd reach out to someone to do it. They didn't want to do it because they felt like the documentary was talking about the black community and the black community does not support the black community, so it won't do well. I was yeah. like, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make history on this one because <laughs> the, I don't care if the black community doesn't su support the black community. I don't care what kind of information you'll be saying to me or what, or what your opinions are at this moment. All I know is that this film need to be made because this film, if it could save one person's life, if it could change one person's perspective, if it can cut generational trauma and curse, if it could just change a whole community's perspective, then I've done my job. And so the film came out. Um, it was sold out when it came out. It came out February 7, 2015. It was a, it was a snowstorm. Wow. Um, it was it was really sold out. There were people standing outside. Um, it made Canadian history uh, via the Huffington Post because it's the first film that came out. It's the first film in Canada that talks about mental health in the Black community. I okay. went on to be the first person to share my story on Val Let's Talk, person of color, I should say, person of color. Right. Um, and then working with CAMH, going into inner city communities and talking about the stigmas of how mental health is perceived. So I was doing a lot of work. And so my, my, my career from being an aspiring actress went into being a mental health advocate. From yeah. there, I've landed a TED Talk. And you know, the list keeps going on. So that's why I say my career is my life journey. Yeah. Do you get it now? That's how everything just ties into it. That is, my career is, is me. So it's, I've, I've used basically my journey and, and shared my journey to, to the best of my ability in a sense where it's like, I always tell people this, you know, um, sharing your stories on mental illness is not for everyone. And I'm not saying for people to keep things in, obviously normalize therapy, obviously go see ther therapy, but not every chapter of your life needs to be read out loud. Yes. And I, and I think I'm going into a different topic, but what I'm trying to say is I, I feel like sometimes I get people approach me and want to take, want to follow in my footsteps in the sense of talking a lot about mental illness, but you have to make sure that you're at a space where you're ready to discuss. You're because right. the last thing I want is you share and you open up and then you go home and you crumble and it puts you back in a hole that you weren't ready fully ready to, to climb out of it. You think you're ready. So I always, I always, always push for therapy. Yes. I always push for that, especially in the black community, because we, we so need therapy, but I'm going to stop talking now. Cause I think I answered your question. <laughs> and I want your audience to know that I haven't been depressed since 2011, praise God. And I haven't struggled with social um, suicidal ideations, but I do struggle with anxiety daily. If you, if you're, if you listen to the way I speak, when I speak fast, it's because the words in my mind are mumbled up and they're racing. So it translates in the way I talk. So I struggle with anxiety and I'm, my anxiety is my anxiety. I named her Michelle. I personalize it and I know how to calm it down. All right, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> Michelle, like, it's a, we can go into a whole topic on anxiety because what my anxiety does, my anxiety has been my like ambition overdrive. So a lot of people don't know anxiety can, fuel you into being ambitious because 
the inability to sit still. Yes. Your society won't allow that. You just have to keep going and keep going. But I've learned as, as I go through therapy is to manage it and to know that I can't, can't take on anything. I'm not going to take on anything when my cup is half full, not even, not even empty, half full. Like there has to be some kind of balance, right? I want to be full to be able to take on anything. So, yeah. Amazing. So your anxiety, that, that's something that you live with now. Have, have you ever had to take medication for any of, for depression or for anxiety to kind of um, calm yourself down or anything? Have you ever taken medication? at any No, I haven't. Um, I haven't taken any medication at all. I've, I've taken a lot of breathing exercises. Um, I've taken a lot of breaks from my professional career as um, involving like creating events and being an event producer. I haven't done anything in since 2016, so in four years, and I've, I've purposely taken a break. I've also gone through life to have, I have a one-year-old now, but, um, and I went through a divorce too, so I've, I've been through quite a bit. But I've, I've learned that I come first yes. and I've learned to take my, I practice mindful, um, mindful things every day. I'm mindful to, to, to be very mindful of my mental health. It comes, my mental health is my biggest priority in life. And I, these are things that just come daily. So meditating daily, breathing daily and, and knowing when to step back, you know? So, mm -hmm. yeah. Wow. So to overcome you, you basically, the different things that you do, what would you say, actually, let me, let me back up. What, what would you say were the resources that you may have actually um, leaned on in order to bounce back from when you were in your lowest points? Um, what did you have to do? Who did you have I, to reach out to? I keep a journal and I keep a journal that um, basically I have, I have so many different journals. I'm a journal girl. So I have the daily journal, like what happens in my life. I have my affirmations. I have manifesting, I have dreams. And I also have like, um, positive feedback, like these positive words that I feed myself. Right. Some mm -hmm. people have done it in a way where whenever they're feeling in a funk or they know that they're getting in a funk, by the way, I, I study my body. I study my body and I know my triggers. And I think a lot of people that struggle with mental illness, whatever form of it, um, especially anxiety, let's talk about anxiety and depression. Okay. Need to be in a sense where they study their body and know their triggers. Knowing your, I can, I can tell when I'm about to get not really in a panic mode, but super anxious because I start, my armpits will start sweating <laughs> or I start getting heated or I start talking extremely fast. And I have to learn to breathe in and out. Like, well, not learn. Like, I'm, I, I flip it into, okay, let's get back into survival mode. Mm -hmm. Let's, you gotta, you, now you gotta calm down. I, I don't, even though you should never say this to somebody that has anxiety, don't tell them to calm down and don't tell them to relax. It's the worst thing you could ever do. Oh, but yeah. for myself, I just, I know, okay, Stacey Ann, get your breathing in right now. Because that's the most important thing you need to breathe. And a lot of times too, I, I, I look at life as things that are not in my control. If it's not in my control, honestly, it's like Jamaican, something I would kill out myself. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to stress off. Like if it, no, and I think, I think a lot of times in life we stress over things that is just not in our control. And I'm not diminishing mental illness by no point, but 
I'm trying to like, what's the thing? If like, if there's, what, is, what do they say sometimes? It's just like, something is better than cure. Or prevention is better than cure. Right. So it's kind of like ways to prevent my anxiety from getting extreme, right? Mm -hmm. I have to tell myself, kind of coach myself, if it's not in my control, if I cannot control it, why am I, why am I putting myself through all of this? Mm -hmm. You know, one thing I've learned this year where it's just like I've learned to surrender, which you can never, ever tell me to surrender because I'm a tough person. Like <laughs> I, I, I will get everything going, but if it's not in my control, I'm just going to surrender and give it to the higher power. I'm going to give it to God. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to stress about it. I also taught myself about what if statements, negative what if, what if statements do not serve me. They don't. All they do is interfere with your happiness. They, 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 they block your, they block your peace. They interfere with the present moment. So instead of saying to myself, but what if you fail? No. What if I fly? How about if I, what if, what if I fly? Mm. So I try to counteract negative thoughts as much as possible. And that's my daughter, by the way. Um, that's okay. <laughs> and then there is, yeah. And I know we're probably getting to a question on music, but music also helps. So these are ways that I, I help with my anxiety and, 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 and ways to just, help me feel better and if it's that if it's at night when I know okay I got some little free time to myself sometimes I just go for a drive mm -hmm. last my music and just go for a drive and just just get my head clear you know right right and, and one thing too another important thing that I that I want the audience to know because I think the audience are generally people that are struggling with mental illness or have a family member or a close love or loved one it's the comparison game is detrimental to your mental health the comparison game yes when you compare yourself to other people yeah when you see what somebody's doing oh but she has this and she have a podcast she have husband she has kids like stop doing that stop right. and we do it especially over on social media because you, you know you you know people put their highlight reels up there and i want people to it's know so that it's highlight reel and also you don't know what chapter of their life they're on they could be on chapter 20 while you're on chapter one. How are you going to compare that? You didn't see their behind the scenes. Exactly. You didn't see what hell they've been through. Like, you know what I'm saying? So that, that, that whole comparison game is so detrimental to anyone that with, with the depression, especially when you struggle with depression and anxiety, mm -hmm. you got to cut that out completely, cut it right out. And, and I, and I, and I tell people all the time, you know, you have to learn, I don't care what society says, you have to learn to normalize celebrating your wins. And your wins doesn't necessarily have to mean, oh, you, you have a job that is making six figures, or you're married, or you got the dream career, the, the dream car. No, your wins is the fact that you woke up this morning, the fact that you get up out of bed, because I know how hard it is when you're struggling with, su with suicidal ideations and depression, how hard it is to get up out of bed, how hard it is to brush your teeth, how hard it is to wash your face. Celebrate those little things. Celebrate having peace. Celebrating when you're sitting down and you can take a moment if you have five minutes, seven minutes to drink some tea or drink some coffee. Those are little things we celebrate. And when you celebrate the small things, you're gonna, it gonna put, it's gonna put you in this mood of celebrating always. So you're gonna celebrate the bigger things and the bigger things. So basically what I'm saying, Cleone, is like we have to learn to big up ourselves. <laughs> Society has put us in this box. Yeah, we're see like, oh, 
but why are you celebrating yourself? You're too much. Why are you so extra? Be extra. Be very extra. I am team extra. I am team big up yourself. I am team celebrate every little thing. Celebrate it because that is your happiness. And do not let anyone steal that away from you. Right. That's amazing. Those are some some really powerful gems that you just um, listed. So uh, what else I was going to ask you? Um, So what type of words of hope can you give to our listeners to let them know um, that they can overcome, that it's not the end? The world needs you, okay? Regardless of what that little voice in your head tells you, that you're not needed, regardless of what you think, you are so needed. You are put here for a defined purpose, okay? And, and you have to know 100%, you are more loved than you think you're hated or you think you're not wanted. You are so, you are so loved. And a lot of your blessings, like sometimes you probably feel like, oh, I'm, I'm, I don't see anything yet. They are on the way. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to exercise this, fake it till you make it. And it, and it truly starts with having this, instilling this confidence in yourself. And let me tell you something, on the outward people may see me and they may be like, oh my God, Stacey Ann is so confident. And I do struggle with insecurities, okay? There are insecurities that I struggle with, but right. it's a part of my daily mandate, my daily exercising of my mind, Lord, friends, is to just exercise my right to, to big up myself. Mm-hmm. And to not let anybody take that shine away from me because there may be other people out there with my name, but there is only the one Stacey Ann Buchanan that was born from the DNA of Kenneth Buchanan and Janet Williams. You know what I'm saying? Yes. There's yes. only one of me and, 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 and the world needs me, you know, as much as the world needs you out there that's listening. You are so needed and, and you do not entertain, do not let these negative thoughts take up rent in your head for free. Do not let them live in your head for free. They're just there to like diminish you and to bring you down and to break you down. And you don't need that. And also if anybody in, in your life make you feel lesser than, they are, do not deserve to be in your life, be in your circle. They don't. Nobody should make you feel lesser than. You should never ever have to call somebody and say, oh my God, I'm coming up with a podcast or I'm coming up with a, a new wine. I'm starting my own wine brewing company. And somebody says to you, well, why would you do that? that's not good or make you feel lesser than when you're excited that right there is somebody that is killing your joy. You don't need anybody like that around you. And if you don't have that tribe that celebrates you start with celebrating yourself. And I'm telling you, when you start doing this inward celebration, this outward celebration, the universe is going to bring people around you that is here. That's going to celebrate with you as well. That's so true. And, And never ever, to the dear listeners that are listening, never, ever, ever, ever think that you're the only one going to do whatever you're going to do. You are never alone. You are never, ever alone. Always know that. Amazing. And, And just know that you are way more powerful, powerful than your mind will tell you. You're, you're a powerful force and a beautiful force and you are needed. Yeah. Yeah, those are some powerful words of hope. Um, I hope you are listening, um, listeners. Those are some powerful, powerful words of hope 
You are needed. You are wanted. You are desired. You are, you are special and you belong in this, in this space. And we need your voice. We need to see you do you basically. Um, all right. So the next question I was going to ask you, uh, we talked about music. So we're just going to switch it up a little bit. Okay. In this show, we basically talk a lot about music therapy. I wrote a book that was called The Music of My Life because for me, living with bipolar, I, um, music therapy was a very big part of my life. So I'd like to ask you, what type of music do you like? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, my love. My first love for music is dancehall. Okay. Dancehall. <laughs> um, I definitely love me some gospel music as well, and you know R and B, hip hop. But my top top choice for for music is, is always dancehall. Dancehall comes number one. Awesome, amazing. I actually love I love reggae. It's awesome. Um, what was the next question? The next question I want to ask you is: If you were to think of a song that would best describe your journey. What would it be and why? Um, well, there are two songs. So um, if I would say that it describes my journey, I, I will say that it is the, it is the, it is the, it is the song that upholds me. Okay. So because I know my journey is, is, is on a journey of healing. I think we're all here on a journey of healing and, le and healing is not linear, right? The right. song by Shirley Caesar, He'll Do It Again, mm. is my go-to song because it's just like, remember where you were? Okay, so see where you are right now? God is going to do it again. Remember, if he did it for Moses, if he did, like, you know what I'm saying? He'll do right. it again. And it's a song of hope because it's a song that makes me know that I am walking by faith. Everything that I do, like, I, 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 I do jumps before I, I walk and run, to be honest with you. And I jump with faith. Like, I'm jumping into faith knowing that God is just, it, it's just going to give me these wings to fly, you know? Right. And so that song is, is um, what I use whenever I, I find myself in a, in a place of, like, growth. Because when you're growing, you know, mm -hmm. the growth is where you're shook up. Like, everything you think that could go wrong is going wrong. But that's your growth period. And that's when you're also being tested. Your faith is being tested a lot. So um, I like to use that song or reflect back on that song to help me get through my growth period. The growth period is also the period where you're also silent because you have to listen to what God is saying to you and the levels of where he needs to take you, you know, where you need to be. Um, I always tell people, like, whenever you're going through whenever you're going through something crappy, you're going through hell per se, you got to go through it. You got to grow from it. And then you, yes. and then you're going to, you, and then you're just going to glow, but you mm -hmm. can't skip the steps. You can't go and then glow because you're going to revert back glow, to growing. Glow. I like yeah. That. You can't. Yeah. You got to grow. You got to go grow and glow. And no. you, you're gonna, you're gonna, you cannot skip these steps. You can't, you cannot glow before you grow period. Because mm -hmm. how are you going to really glow and understand the, the immense intensity of your light if you didn't grow from your pain. You know, you can't understand it. And a lot of times, like, when you think you're going through something bad, I want you to understand and the audience to know that nothing, everything happens for a divine purpose. And things yes. do not happen to you, they happen for you. And if you right. change your mindset to say, okay, man, this is God, this, this God, this one, this one is really <laughs> tough. I know you said the battles wouldn't form. 
you know, they will form, but they will not prosper. And, and but God just wanted to talk. But, but I can't wait to see the woman I'm going to emerge from this. I can't wait to see the man I'm going to emerge from this. Mm-hmm. Because you're going through that for, think about it. If I didn't go through suicidal depression and anxiety, how would I be able to make a film like that? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have the knowledge. You know what I'm saying, Cleone? I wouldn't have all, I had to go through that in order to make the blind stigma. Yes. That's the only reason why God took me from aspiring actress, want to be like Halle Berry, to <laughs> being a TED Talk speaker, to, to having, you know, a, a, a documentary that made Canadian history. Yes. Because, and, and, I, and I did my, my going through it and my growing. I did that. And then God is like, now you're going to glow. That's right. It's all you know, so because I know because I know life is a cycle, and I always say this to people: it's not about. I, I used to say what I used to think the key to success is happiness, and I had to change that because it really isn't happiness. Because if every day you get up, every single day, twenty four seven, three hundred and sixty five days of the year, you're happy. There is no growth in just being happy. Mm-hmm. There isn't. The ultimate key to success is peace. Peace. peace to know that okay i'm going through this hell right now but i'm at peace because i know that joy is gonna come yes i'm going through through this joy right now i'm at peace because i know i deserve it i know there were seeds planted and i'm just gonna enjoy it. peace there's nothing more there's nothing more of the ultimate success than knowing that you're you can sit down in your house and you can just eat some snacks and you're just at peace <laughs> you know you're just at peace you're minding your own business everything is good you're just at peace a lot of people don't have peace it's a powerful thing to have peace it's a very powerful thing to have have you ever seen somebody going through the worst time of their life and they could just still have a smile on their face mm. you know, I, when i see people like that i celebrate and honor them and salute them because that is that is the ultimate that is when you know you surrender and you know someone else is in control and you know you're not going to get the better of me. You just have that sense of peace and your faith is like amplified, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, so I listed one song. So that's my song. That's my top song. And then my other song is just a little, it's a little fun, but it's, it's by Hood Celebrity and it goes walking trophy, you know, because that's just me just telling myself that I have to big up myself because I'm a walking trophy. Like, walking <laughs> trophy. Like, yeah, you're a walking trophy. My girl, you are. Yeah, it's just that's just my go-to fun song, just to remind myself, like you know, that's my big up myself song. So that's a good song. I like that. I like that. Wow, amazing. Well, Stacyanne, I want to thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time to share your story with us here at Resilient Minds, and um, I hope you listeners that you were inspired. She offered a lot of gems, definitely great takeaways. The go grow glow that's yes honey (laughs) takeaway i really enjoyed that i definitely will be writing that down um so and to all you resilient minds out there until next time please subscribe to us on all our platforms and don't forget to rate the show and leave a review for us on apple podcasts also, join the community of Fa- uh, Resilient Minds and sign up for our monthly newsletter at cleonicrawford.com. Be sure to grab a copy of my new book, The Music of My Life, on a- Amazon Marketplaces to get to know me better. If you can think of one person that will receive value from today's show, 
or connect with Stacey Ann's testimonial, please share it with them. Feel free to take a screenshot of this week's episode of the podcast and tag us on Instagram. You can tag myself, only Cleone, or Resilient Minds 365 and today's guest. Oh, I forgot to ask, how can people stay in touch with you, Stacey Ann? Um, they can stay with me in touch with me via all social media. I am Stacy Amber Canyon. There's no E in Stacy, and that's it. Once you type in my name, a lot of my social media will show up on Google. But yeah, it's Stacy Ann, S T A C Y hyphen A N N B U C H A N A N. Perfect, perfect. And remember, mental health is not a death sentence. Despite your illness, you can strive, you can thrive, and you can live a life of abundance. Until next time, I'm Tony Crawford, and I'm signing off.